everybody, and Fuck. welcome to the. <laughs> I want, uh, I'm sorry. Okay. All right. You just do whatever you want to do. Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self employed. Most people refer to starting their own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the void with somebody else who might be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach, and just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based business, don't be a hoe and share the show. Oh my god! Damn, your <laughs> intro's too long. What is the matter with you? That's actually you have, it. I, I robbed that line from Andy Frisella. He he uses that line a lot. Do so. you ever think? Do you ever feel like the show is off the rails before we start? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure this one was and. I'm gonna yeah. make, I'm gonna make a request to Austin to go ahead and start it at the first time where I tried and David interrupted me with fuck. So I didn't say anything. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. It'll be on the recording. We'll hear this on Thursday. What What do I tell you all the time when you get in trouble or about to get in trouble? Deny, deny, deny. Yeah. Don't. No. It didn't happen. It was nothing happened. It's a river in Egypt. <laughs> Denial. It's fine. Yeah. Ugh. So. How was your day today? I'm What'd gonna, you do? What'd you do? On, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on what? Last show, we made. What did we make? We made a petition to get some damn Google review or some Spotify reviews. Oh, okay. That's right. We're at 24 now. Oh, we got a few. We got like two. I think the last show we got like 22. Oh, chicken fuckers. Still fucking miserable. So. If you're listening to this on Spotify, leave us a damn five star review. If this is your first episode, maybe they just you don't can think listen it's for worth... a little bit longer and then leave the five star review. Maybe they're just like, you know what? I can't uh, go against my morals and give them a five star because I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. You know what? Who knows? Just set your morals aside for five seconds and give us five star. Yeah. And if you're on <laughs> iTunes, give us a good review there too. Ah, uh, how was your? Is, I'm going to go back to what I said two seconds ago. Yeah. How was your day today, Mitch? Uh, my day was crazy. Absolutely crazy. Mine was too. It sucked. So, I, I did, did do plumbing, and plumbing's for I did losers. pick up a $40,000 check today, so that was kind of cool. So. Did it go doing? Uh, I don't know yet. I'll okay. find that out. Had it didn't feel rubbery. <laughs> but you're but not sure. You just never know. Yeah. You just never know. Yeah. I gave Austin a check last week, and I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> better go straight to the bank yeah this will it'll, it'll it's fine we had a customer last it'll week be fine write us like a twelve thousand dollar check and he he leans over to our service technician and he's like take this straight to the bank and deposit it now otherwise my <laughs> wife will spend all the money that i just moved into this account <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like got it Ten four. <laughs> yeah understood he, sir he brings it straight over to the house that night he's like Hands it to Daniel. He's like, apparently they're supposed to deposit this like right away. <laughs> yeah. The okay. guy the guy said, my wife's crazy. Pro tip. If a customer ever hands you a big check and says, deposit this right away. <laughs> deposit it. Trust them. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Especially if it's a man. Yeah. If, is that sexist? No. If it's the truth, it's not. It's not. Okay. Yeah. Got it. It's not I, a, I didn't know where the line was on that. Yeah. Truth <laughs> is the undefeated champion of the world. <laughs> what about you, Dave? How was your day? My day sucked. It was awful. Yeah. Got up at five. That sucks. Why so late? 
Dark Wise of Light. <laughs> when was the last time you were punched in the mouth? Mm, Do you remember? About a year ago. Was it a year ago? Yeah. Was it Danielle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just you got me. Did I, you I, see, I don't know. You got me. Dan, <laughs> Dan's video on trade on the trade yeah. group. Yeah. <laughs> he, he hung Dan hung out with me and my wife all weekend. And he's like, and for the record, Mitch's wife is just as crazy as David says she is. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I laughed. I I wasn't gonna bring it up, but it was it was good. It was pretty funny. She is. She's nuts. Yeah. No, my day was okay. I mean, it was all right. It was... Hey, what did we get to do right before this show? Oh, Tradewind Sponsorship. We... Not sponsorship. What did I say? Scholarship. Scholarship. You can't get off the mic. I can't hear you. Scholarship. Yeah, I can't hear you. Barely. Yeah. That's better. Oh, you want me up here? Yeah, we gave our oh. first Tradewind Scholarship out. And it wasn't... Listen... It's only $250. And a full one-year access to Tradewinds. And a full one-year access. And we're hoping that every year we can up it yeah. and up the number of people that we get in there. So, so it, you know what? It does make me proud because it's he went to Mitch and I's alma mater, yeah. Blue Springs South High School. So Blue, Blue Springs. Oh, he our went district. to Blue Springs. Yeah, he went to Blue Springs. We He's in our South. district. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, and it's so we Dave and I were prepared to hand out six scholarships through Tradewinds this year, um, and unfortunately, by the time we got Tradewinds like up and rolling and officially like legal and everything else to where we were in the position to offer the scholarship, uh, school had like nine days left. Yeah, and we didn't let that deter us. We didn't use that as an excuse to say, "Oh, well, we'll just do it next year." We still went to like you found the people, and yeah. I met with them. Yeah. And uh, had two meetings back to back in one day, and next thing we know, we were able to slide out a little flyer offering the scholarship, and we had like I, I think about the time the the students received the flyer, school was already over for the seniors. It was yeah, they had like one day left or yeah. two or two days left. So, but, and if you remember anything about high school, with three weeks left, you yep. were out. Well, it, like when you were about to graduate, you're like fuck everything else. We had we had one applicant. Hey, if you like what you're hearing on The Void and you want even more info, we just started a mentorship program specifically for trades professionals to start their business or to get their business to an incredibly healthy position. So if you'd like more info, click on the link in the description of this show. And it's probably the most deserving kid you could ever imagine. And I'm not just saying that because he was the only one to pick from. No, he's a good kid. He's a damn good kid. Yeah, So good and kid. He's built like a brick shit house too. Like, Dude, he's tough. He's cut. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what happens when you're framing. I mean, you're yeah. in sheet rocking. Yeah. You're you're tough. So yeah, that's uh that's pretty cool. That was uh, fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Nice kid. Especially off the heels of Sunday, I got to watch Mike Rowe speak in person. So well, you're just all over the place on this episode, aren't you? I'm all over everywhere. <laughs> but you know, Mike Rowe's big on the Mike Rowe Works Foundation scholarships yeah. and everything yeah, else. Yeah. So like fresh off like as he's talking about his scholarship program. I'm like, like, I'm about to get one out on Tuesday. I'm about to get my first one, man. This is fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It does make me feel good. Yeah. Like, and even we told Zach, so one of our uh, Tradewinds members last night, we told him, we're like, hey, thanks for being a member because we took some of your money and we gave it to Some of what your money goes for. We gave it to a kid who needs to buy tools so that he can be in the trades. Yeah. And he was like, oh, dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So next year, hopefully next year, we can donate some serious money. Yeah. Serious money. Get a lot of kids in it. I hope so. so. I really hope so. Make a real difference. What do you want to talk about today? 
Well, I had a pretty badass weekend. Um, we need to talk about your trip. Yeah. Okay. Let's went to, went to Dallas this weekend. Uh, for those that don't know, I'm a, a part of a group called Apex, and uh, they have their big annual event. Um, uh, it's down in Frisco, Texas, at the Dallas Stars Stadium, where the Dallas Stars hockey team plays. And uh, it's a two and a half day event. Tons of speakers, tons of highfalutin people. Um, you know, pretty awesome. And uh, last year when I went, uh, I bought a $5,000 ticket to go. And that ticket was front row, center seat, backstage pass, like all access, everything. I figured if I'm going, I'm going all in. And I want to be able to talk to every single speaker backstage. And I want to do all this, right? So I did it. And uh, it's had a big impact on me. And anyway... This year, I, I flipped it around 180 degrees, bought the cheapest seats I could in the far back of the stadium. Like, you couldn't get much farther away from this, from this uh, stage than where we were. But doing it that way, I brought a total of seven people. So um, that was pretty cool to have a big group down there and be able to share the impact that a thing like that can have with seven people instead of just one person. So, um, you know, it got to... Uh, got to chat with Master P. Got to chat with uh, Master the Master P. The Master P. Yeah, he's a member of Apex, or did he speak? He spoke. Okay. Yep. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, Mike Rowe was there. Uh, Wes Watson, um, Bobby Castro. Uh, some of these names. If if you're not, I mean, you'd, you'd have to look up some of these guys. Like Bobby Bobby Castro is a certified billionaire. Um, Wes Wes Watson is uh, he's done prison time. Um, for some felonies, spent the entire time in prison, like getting his head straight and getting his, you know, mindset right. Um, he's five years out of prison and he's currently bringing in about two and a half million dollars a month. What the fuck does he do? Uh, he is a, you're going to laugh at the term, but he's basically like a life coach. He's, he's basically like somebody who, who is paying him that much money to be a life coach? Well, nobody's paying two and a half million. So but what's he, he has, life coaching twenty seven thousand people? Could be, yeah. I mean, it, his program starts at like two hundred and fifty bucks a month or something. What's he doing? I mean, is he like one on one with all of them? No, God, no, no. It's okay, all he like group he started a company and, that. Yeah. Okay, that he has life coaches that work for him. Yeah, and, and then you, they coach people. And you okay. can for a couple of grand a month, you can hire him, and it'll be your own personal life coach and all that stuff. So hey, for everyone listening out there, if you want me to come down and coach you for two for a month. <laughs> five grand i'm in i mean <laughs> i will literally come to your house <laughs> you're cheap five grand for a whole month fuck yeah <laughs> i ain't doing nothing i'm doing this and i i got nothing going on yeah i'll do it um, i mean i can yell at you and tell you that you're stupid five grand so uh <laughs> it was pretty funny we we drove the ford lightning down there so you got you got to stop and charge on the way did you make it this time made it this time no stupid ass fucking side tours and that's on the way home we'll get to that okay but uh on the drive down there I'm very went, interested there's two routes to get down there one has a very durable reliable charging network the other route is uh fucking sketchy and so uh on the way down there <laughs> Such an idiot. we drove the reliable one on the way home the the short the other route with the sketchy charging network is an hour shorter and so everyone was like, just go the other route and we'll run the risk. Well, it bit us. So, <laughs> but I don't, it, it didn't bite us. It didn't bite us too bad. Um, so just, on the way down there, we stop at the first charging station and we, 
for anybody who knows anything about electric cars, when you stop at the chargers, um, the speed, the, the power that the charger puts out determines how fast you recharge. And so if you get a good charger, you can recharge like really, really fast. Yeah. If you have an 80 amp, you're rolling. If you have a hundred amp, you're rolling. If you have well, a 20 amp, these are DC. So they're rated in kilowatts, whatever. And so you're looking for like 150 kilowatts or more. And they may advertise like up to 350 kilowatts and then it puts out like 40. Yeah. And it'll take you eight <laughs> hours to recharge at 40. So, uh, Wait, wait, wait a second. Sidebar. Sidebar. You have AC voltage here at the house, uh-huh. but it's a DC charger. Is there an inverter? No, the charger at my house is an AC charger. Okay, so the truck will take either or. Yes. So why on the way would they be, like, off of AC power, why would they be DC chargers? They charge faster. DC charges faster than AC. So yeah. they have an inverter. Yeah. So like the little Tesla thing, when you pull up to it, there's an inverter in there that's taking AC power, making it DC power to convert, to make your car charge faster? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So like your Tesla superchargers or your standard superchargers, they're all DC, like your fast chargers are all DC chargers, DC fast charging. Okay. So. I wonder um, how many amps does it take to run a 15,000 kilowatt? Is it 15,000 or 1,500? Uh, you'd be... You'd be looking like so. So like twenty five thousand kilowatts, I think, is like one hundred and twenty amps. Yeah, I don't like a twenty five thousand kilowatt generator on the side of your house, right? Will run your house. So like my charger so, in my house on AC power, um, it's set to forty eight amps. It's on a sixty amp breaker, but it'll run forty eight amps. And at forty eight amps, um, it's charging at a rate that would be. See, now I'm testing his brain power. Yeah. Asking you, too many probably, high-tech questions. You're probably charging at about 8 kilowatts an hour. 8 kilowatts an hour. Somewhere around there. So. Okay. Um, I don't know what, I mean, your amperage is 48 amps on that, but that's AC. So yeah. I don't, I, I don't yeah. venture to yeah. figure out the yeah. whole charging thing. I the just whole. know what works and what doesn't. <laughs> and so, and, and it's not like I can be like, what's up the, de- the amperage on this thing? Like, you just got to no. go to a different charger if that yeah. one sucks. Okay, so back to so, the story. So we get to the first Side charger, bar, fast charge, you know, easy peasy, whoop, on the way, no big deal. Like we're. What do you do when you're sitting there? You go grab something to eat. You go take a leak. You got to eat every three hours. Well, I'm just curious. I eat every three hours. I don't know about you. No, I don't eat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I eat. But it's not um, like I can go into the bar and drink and be like, oh, up, on to the next charger. You know, that doesn't work. <laughs> sure it does. <laughs> it's illegal as shit <laughs> but I mean I guess you could do it charger says 34 minutes barkeep you better get, get fast I need four shots and a course yeah um, and one to go um, so the first charger goes off quick the second one is uh, we get to the bank of chargers one of them's out of commission there's like a technician working on it um, one of them was being super slow so I move over to the next one and it's working pretty well but it was going to take a little bit longer battery was lower needed to charge up a little bit higher so we had like 40 minutes on that one. And <laughs> this I meant, is the problem. This is the problem with power. Well, I meant to get a haircut before I went and I didn't have time. So I Google real quick, like hair places near me and uh, find one. And it's like right behind the Walmart that we were charging at. So, um, you know, in the alley behind the Walmart <laughs> is not necessarily the best place to get a haircut. No, it's a good place to get raped. So I go there <laughs> and it's, it's like a hair stylish place in the strip center. And they, take your, take your headphones off. Have you had it refixed? No, fixed? I, I had to fix it myself. Okay. <laughs> so I get there and the lady's like, 
well, we typically do women's hair, but we can probably do yours. And I'm like, probably. Oh, boy. <laughs> At this point, I don't really have a choice, right? I need it. Well, I wanted to get a haircut. It's not so. like you can go anywhere. I'm like, how, how bad can you fuck this up? I mean, you just, number two guard on the sides, finger length on top, blend it well, done. Right? The blend is what fucks them up. Well, usually, any, any other barber I go to, I tell them, leave the sideburns. I'll take care of those when I shave. Because they want to trim my sideburns all the way up to the top of my ears. And yeah. I like them coming down about halfway down I don't understand. Why do they do that? I don't know. When, when was the last time you looked at a guy and he had the 1960s flat to the ear? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So I tell them, leave them, and I'll, I'll adjust them when I shave, right? This bitch didn't even put the clippers on my sideburns. <laughs> and I didn't even know it until I, got, I get to the hotel and I look in the mirror <laughs> and I'm like... She didn't even touch my... I had these bushy sideburns. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Did you take a picture? So I had like this little like personal hair groomer. Like it's it's like a... It holds like one AAA battery. It's like a lipstick you canister. Mean, you mean pube shaver? No, no. It's, it's for like getting nose hair and ears oh, hairs. okay. So I here I am in the bathroom mirror of the hotel with my comb, like holding that hair out and trying to trim it. And Danielle comes in, she's like, "What are you doing?" I'm what like, "What the fuck is the matter?" This, with this you? lady didn't even cut my sideburns at all. She's like, "Whoa, that's bad!" You know? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, just leave the sideburns. Oh, I'll get them later. Another another Mitch story. Way oh too my literal. god. Yeah. Oh man. So, <gasps> so we get down there. Uh, it was kind of hectic. <laughs> I'm sorry. She did not understand the assignment. Yeah, she did not understand understood the assignment. Me, I have to ask you, where were you? Uh, this was in Moore, Oklahoma, enough, where the big giant tornado came through. Yeah, enough said. Yeah, it's podunk. Yeah, kind of. It's podunk. No, it ain't podunk until you're stuck in. Uh, uh, Muskogee, Oklahoma, looking for a charger. That's that. We'll get to that Did later. The tornado just suck away all the clippers that they needed for your <laughs> common sense. Maybe I don't know. Bad dad joke. Yeah, but um, tink. <laughs> so the first night we were down there, Thursday night, um, I had planned and organized a big tip dinner. So uh, a buddy of mine that's uh, he works at Apex. He and I have been trying to get to dinner, to get together for dinner forever. The last time I was down there, we couldn't make it happen. I said, next time I'm down here, we're going to dinner, damn it. And he's like, deal. We're going to make it happen no matter what. And he even threw out the idea. He's like, let's do one of those big tip things where we're like, we tip 100 bucks. And then I added on to it. I'm like, cool. We'll invite people and like, like make it create a group. A, create a big tip, right? And, I'm, and I even texted him. Like, I could probably find it. I'm like, wouldn't it be crazy if we got like 50 people together and we ended up tipping like five grand? Like, that'd be kind of cool. And he's like, yeah, that would be it. Ha ha, crazy. Well, um, <laughs> he meant to say, ha ha, you're crazy. Yeah. Like, that's what he meant. Well, you have to be careful when you're planning these things because what happens is you get 150 people that promise they're going to come, but then don't show up, right? Prepay. So then you look like an idiot to the restaurant and everything else. Prepay. So I wanted to make sure this event, like this dinner, went off, you know, without a hitch. And so. Um, I turned on a feature on our credit card processor that allowed us to email invoices out w without our CRM involved to where I could just straight from our credit card processor, email them an invoice. Uh, we set it all up at Fogo de Chow in Frisco, Texas. And um, basically their meal was $70 after tax. It comes to about 75 or 76 bucks. And then I rounded it up another $4 to $80 to cover credit card processing fees. 
and we sold tickets for $180. So that covered their meal, all their drinks, not alcohol, did not cover alcohol, everything else. Meal, all their other beverages they wanted aside from alcohol, and their $100 tip. And so then I made a couple of posts in the groups for all this this big event that we're down there. And next thing I know, ding, request, ding, request. I was having all these people email me in. Well, about a day after I set all this up, we got notified that we got that big giant waterline job at work. And it put me in the field for two and a half weeks straight. Yeah. So my wife ended up having to handle all of these requests. You Every know, single one of these requests, my wife ended up having to handle. You know, you could always like... Just ask me to help you. I know. Okay. But I mean, she's, I, think, I think Mitch has a pride problem with me. She's running like, the he CRM. He knows that I'll help him, and he's like, "No, yeah. I can't. I can't because then it like makes me look weak." Well, she's in the no. She's in the credit card processor every day and everything else, so it's it's easy for her to do. And um, she doesn't really do a whole lot anyway. So next thing I know, <laughs> I'm gonna leave that one alone. <laughs> next thing I know, uh, we're like three days into this, and we already have 50 people that are requested to go. Did they? Let me ask you, like when you got to 50, were you thinking, I don't even know if we can get that many people in there? Well, no, I, I mean, I, I cleared it with the rest. I, for, I, I set it up with Fogo de Chao, told them we were trying to get a group of 50, and they were like, we can totally accommodate that. We can accommodate a lot more on that if you needed. Oh, so and, they have like a big private and, room. And I told them, room. yeah, and I told them what we were wanting to do and everything else. And did and, you tell them about the tip? Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, that's no fun. Well, they, I, they don't tell the wait staff ahead of time. I and, bet and they do. My specific orders to them were, um, we're wanting to tip the wait staff a big tip, but we want you to pick the wait staff that is going to serve us. We don't want the best. We want the most deserving. You make that call. You know your wait staff. But the ones who deserve it the most, we want that wait staff. And so, and they had two and a half weeks to prepare for this. Yeah, right. It's it not like we sprung this on them in a yeah. day, you know. Yeah, it gives them plenty of time. And so, as soon as we hit fifty, I texted the guy, and I'm like, "Uh, we just hit fifty already. Can we do seventy-five? Did you ask him like, what's the max? Yeah. Well, I didn't. I, right then, I didn't. I'm like, can we do seventy-five? Like, no way, we're gonna hit seventy-five. Three days later, <laughs> we just hit seventy-five. Uh, can we stretch to a hundred? He's like, yeah, we got you. Three or four days later, we just hit a hundred. Like at this point. It just keeps climbing and it's not slowing down. What's the max we can handle? And he said, the max we can handle without you buying out the entire restaurant is 150 people. And I'm like, okay. So uh, I didn't really announce that the cap was 150 because I didn't think it was going to go there. Sure as shit. Like the, like the day before the event, we were still having people buy tickets and we got all the way up to 146. Damn. And I'm like, Holy shit. We got to cap this bitch. <laughs> so I ended up, well, and, and plus Danielle and I were running out of time because people were still wanting tickets and we're driving down. Like Danielle's in the back seat of the truck sending out invoices on her hotspot from the laptop. Good. And people are paying them. Wow. So uh, we get all the way down there. <clears throat> we had a whole guest list printed up and everything of all the people that bought tickets because there's thousands of people coming to this big event and I didn't want a whole bunch of people showing up at this restaurant, me having to pay for their meal on my dime. Right. So I was hoping yeah, you're panicked. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I just, I never asked the restaurant this. I just assumed I'd be able to walk in there and hand them a guest list and just say, if they're on this list, they can come in. If they're not on the list, they won't. And Fogo de Chao was like, yeah, we, for a private party, we can't, 
do that. And they, 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 they let me down graciously. It wasn't like they were being jerks about it or they anything didn't else. Have an, they didn't have any extra staff for it. They, they didn't have the staff. It kind of puts them in a funny position and you know all of this kind of stuff. And, I mean, let's be honest. If you had probably said, hey, we're going to need a host for our party, they'd have been like, oh. Maybe. Yeah, we yeah. can we can bring another girl in. Totally. It's going to cost this much money. You pay that. It's fine. Yeah. But so, yeah. So we're just rolling with it. And, and so... By the time they came and told me that, there were already like 20 or 25 people in the room. And I'm like, well, shit, we've already pretty much lost control. Let me ask you, were you like walking around like, hey, what's your name? Like checking I them off? I thought about it. You should have. I thought about it, but I I just kind of <laughs> let it ride. And I uh, about had a panic attack while the room's just <laughs> filling up and filling up and filling up and filling up. And I'm like, oh, my God. And, and there got to be so many people in the room. I'm like, how, how are they going to count this many people? And one of the guys that went down with us owns, or like, he's the GM of a restaurant here in town. And he's like, they'll count. They'll, oh, yeah. They'll have three or four people count and they'll make sure their counts are right. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah, they're yeah. counting. And, and so <clears throat> finally, we get to the point where meals being served and things are happening and everything else. And so I go to the GM and I'm like, panic. I'm like, how, how, how many people showed up? You know, like, what's this? Excuse a, me, sir. I'm what, afraid he's going to tell me like 180 people. And now I'm count? paying for 40 people's meals at 80 bucks a pop. Yeah. Right. And so, which let's be honest, I mean, it's not awful, but it's not good. It's like, really not good. It's not good. <laughs> hey, yeah. you know when I say because that's <laughs> that's a lot. It's a lot of money. You see that gift where it's like, like a thousand has, bucks. He's like sweating, but it's 80 like eighty times forty. <laughs> I was wondering if he's gonna do good math, and he did. Yeah, it's a lot of money. That's <laughs> yeah, thirty-two hundred dollars. I know what the answer is. <laughs> Anyway, Austin, what were you saying? The gift where he's sweating? That makes me good, Yeah, man. it's like, really, they're pouring water on his forehead, but it's like cropped in, so it looks like sweat's just running, running off his yeah. forehead. Yeah, that was me. Um, <laughs> Danielle's like, you should take a gummy. I'm like, that's too late for that. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. So It's over. We had 142 people show up. <clears throat> um, before the dinner started, I did make an announcement that this was a prepaid dinner. So if you have wound up in this room and you have not paid for this dinner ahead of time, please get a hold of me. And I had one gentleman come up and say, we got an invite to this. We have not paid. How do I pay? And uh, he says, I'm here with two people, so I need two tickets or whatever. And so I gave him the rundown on it. He was totally cool with it. And I said, "We in the next day or two, we'll send you an invoice. And he gave me the info and everything, and we're good. <clears throat> so... Uh, we had a couple extra people tip uh, that couldn't make it. it. We had some people that knew they oh, weren't going to make it. Just and they wanted just wanted to add to the tip. They just wanted to add to the tip. Nice. We had a couple of people where their flights got canceled or delayed, and they weren't going to make it. And so they asked for a refund but hold the tip. Like, they, you can keep the tip. Can I oh, just have my nice. meal refund back? And we were totally cool with that. So Well, and you would have been cool with with the whole refund. Well, yeah, we yeah, would have been cool with whatever. Yeah, let's be right? honest. Yeah. So we ended up tipping the wait staff $14,600. So let me ask you this. What, like so, how many wait staff was there that was in that were helping your group only? Um, probably ten or eleven. Ten or eleven. Yeah, somebody did the math, and so they, they all came got out like eight hundred or thousand bucks. Uh, no, they all got about fourteen hundred bucks. Oh, okay, nice. Somewhere around there. I did they know? No, they did not know ahead of time. Nice. So, um, and I didn't, I, you know. I didn't take a single video of this thing. I didn't take a, fi- a photo of it. You didn't take it. a fucking one video? Not one video, stop. not one photo. Nothing. Okay, now. stop, stop. First off, you didn't do it for the publicity or for the video. 
But dude, get your shit together. You right. got to take one fucking video. I didn't need to. So I got on the microphone to kind of round things down. And I wondered and, where this was going because I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> you can see the panic on Mitch's face. So I got on the microphone to kind of wind things down and I'm looking at the wait staff and everything as they're coming in. I, I told the general manager, I'm like, I don't know how you want to handle this. If you want to bring them in or whatever, we can present the tip to them. And so he brings them in and they're all kind of standing in a line. And then I turn around and, and, and I will say this. It's always kind of a risk when you're planning on giving a big tip and you don't know if the service is going to be good yet. And then you're kind of like, well, what if the service sucks, right? You've committed. I know. You've already committed, but then it just kind of sucks that you're giving a big tip on shitty service, right? Mm. This service was the best service I have ever had in a party of that size. First off, the GM knew. So he was like, okay, look, this is a big... They got money. This is what we're going to do. And then second, it's like... I mean, they know. They got to know. You know, they, I mean, they know. I know. It, I mean, my water glass never got below half full. There you go. Like, you never yeah. ran out of a drink. I mean, they handled it so well. So we make the announcement to the wait staff and everything else, and, and you know, everyone starts cheering. But I, I turn around to talk to the group of people, and it was the like... The group of people that had donated money. The, yeah, the diners. Okay. And Not the wait staff, the, the diners. 142 people. All like 142 people, and I bet 141 of them had their cell phones out recording things. Oh, nice! And I'm like, good God! Like, I turn around, <laughs> it's just a wall of cameras. I'm like, hence, Holy hence the shit. second, the second panic attack. Oh shit! Yeah, I meant so, to say, I forgot. Ah, shit! He just ah. falls over. Yeah, yeah, just faints. So, but uh, yeah, everything. So, how did the wait staff take it? Oh, they, good? they loved it. I mean, they, they, yeah, you could, you could tell on their expressions, they were. Like they weren't in the room long enough to like really let it soak in. Yeah. But yeah, they were like, oh my gosh, like that's pretty wild. Yeah, that's good. So, that's pretty neat. Hey, given, we talk about it a lot on the show. Giving back to your community is one thing. Right. Giving back to someone else's community where you're just being a part of their lives for a small moment yeah. makes a huge impression on how they think about other people, how they judge other people, how they think about the apex group that you're in, right. how they think about Mitch. I mean, I'm, I'm sure maybe people looked up, you know, Mitch Smedley plumbing, just, you know, you may not get a direct benefit from that, which wasn't the point, obviously. Right. But just the way that you carry yourself and the way that it reflects on you you know, says a lot about your character and the character of the people in that group, right. the people that were there. And that just, you know, in a world right now that's just a complete shit show, like, you need those small glimmers of hope and those yeah. small glimmers of, you know, there are still good people in the world. And that's, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a really small thing in the grand scheme of, like, our country, the world, whatever, but it makes a big difference in people's lives yeah well so, and, and ultimately like good the, for you, bud. the purpose of the dinner was to get a certain caliber of people <clears> together <throat> in the same room in an environment where they can talk and exchange contact information and learn about what each other does and add value to each other right and so um you can't do that if you're if your barrier to entry is mcdonald's <laughs> you're not getting that caliber of person you just about spit your beer out. <laughs> yeah, right. I did. I didn't know you were going to drop a McDonald's <laughs> reference on me. So, so that's why, like, you know, we wanted to go with a nicer place that was a little bit more expensive because it helps make sure that the caliber of people showing up are of of good caliber people. Well, right? it makes sure that 
so people when people know that they're going to spend money, yeah, um, then they see the value in what's happening, yeah, because they're not just oh I'm going to go see it's only ten bucks, yeah, no they want to see because it's a hundred bucks, yeah, it's your avatar, yeah, yeah, it's your yeah client you, avatar, yeah, you want you want to know that people are legit, yeah. or, that, or that people are really caring, and we had some legit people in the room for sure. I mean, yeah. like why didn't I get invited? Uh, you did. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember like well, yeah. getting. I don't in. like going to that stuff. That's well, not true. That's I exactly just, what you said. Th- first, first off, that is not what I fucking said. <laughs> I said, "Dude, I'm busy as shit. I don't know what you want me to do. I can't go. I'm sorry." Yeah. Well, we kind of talked about it too in the van a while back about how, like, as you kind of progress and get older and you <clears> kind of build wealth, is like the restaurants you want to go to is like you don't want to if you're going on a date night or going out to eat like you know you want to go to a place where the barrier to entry is like you're paying. At least 40 bucks for a meal or something like that. Yeah, like, if you're going on a date night, the whole purpose of date night, if you have kids, is to, like, get away from your kids for a little bit, right? So you don't want to go to a restaurant where there's fucking kids running around screaming all over the place. Mm -hmm. So you go to a restaurant that's above that barrier to entry, right? Mm -hmm. It's not Olive Garden. You're going to... Yeah, and it's not that you... it You don't... There's no... Like, you don't think you're better than those people or better than that restaurant. It's that you just want a break. And you and, want and you want to be in a classy environment, yeah. where you can rest and relax and and be adults, right? Mm-hmm. And there's no shame in it, right? No, like, not, if you feel no, bad for doing it, that's all on you. One hundred percent. It's no different you. than the people that drive exotic cars. Like they don't feel shame in that. And and the only people that feel shame in it are the ones that are like envious of it and trying to say like, you know. You could have fed so many mouths with that money or whatever. It's like, like I, I don't did. see you selling your Ford Taurus to feed the homeless. <laughs> well, the so, thing is, too, they come back with like, I did feed mouths with this. It cost a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many how many employees at the factory got a right. paycheck because I bought right. this? Right. <laughs> That's a whole other story. But you're both of you're hundred percent right. I don't see you selling a Ford Taurus to feed the homeless. That's so. damn right. Oh my god. I'm glad it was good. So what was the trip back? So trip back, we took that sketchy, uh, <laughs> sketchy route, and um, the the big is so there's two big issues with the trip back. For one, the chargers are spaced oddly apart. So for anyone that's new, Dallas, we live in Kansas City. Yeah. So Kansas City to Dallas, Dallas to Kansas City. Yep. And so um, on the trip there, the chargers are like 50 miles apart, so you can go, like they're fairly routine, right? Yeah. On the trip back, they're so sparse. That you're you're hitting your it takes because two, you took the other route yeah and um uh, it takes two recharges to get back if the chargers are spaced correctly minimum well, well you hit the first recharger that you hit the first charger like early in your trip like your your battery is not down near twenty percent you're like forty percent battery and you're already recharging and but because it's the only good one but for if a you while. don't do that one you're gonna run out before you get to the next one so how long so when you went to the good one how long was that. So that was the first one. The first one was reliable, and we got recharged, and it was fine. Okay. So the next one, uh, actually, I take that back. Um, yeah, yeah. The first one took me to Francis Energy Chargers, uh, and I, I have tried to connect to 11 Francis Energy Chargers. No go. And I have only found two of them that actually work. So we're batting two out of 11, which means there's like a 73% chance of their chargers not working, right? So, so what you're telling me is we need to invest in some chargers. Uh, something. Stations. Yeah. In Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. <laughs> Arkansas, <laughs> Oklahoma. Uh, so like when it doesn't work, you call the tech support people and they try to like start it remotely and all this stuff. And I call the tech support 
this is this is a business topic here. I call tech support. There's three chargers there. I call tech support, and they're like, "Yeah, we're we're showing issues with all three of them over the last couple of days here." And I'm like, "Oh, that's good. I mean, why don't you just put an out of order sign on the things? It's got a big digital display screen. You can make it say whatever you want." Yeah, I'm sure you could just and, type it in. And, and they're like, "Well, have you tried working with them?" Yeah, you think I just called customer support without <laughs> trying them first? Yeah, first off, I kicked this one five times, and now I've been hit with a sledgehammer yeah. for 20 minutes, and then I decided to call you. So help me out. The last time this happened, I couldn't get any of them to work. There were six of them, and the guy threatened <laughs> to hang up on me because I used the fuck. I used the f word. And <laughs> I've been hung up like at least twenty times on because for saying fuck. <laughs> yeah. It, so this was this was my last trip to Dallas. The guy the guy goes, uh, oh shit, dude. Uh, the guy the guy's like, uh, he, when when you when you call in, you have to like tell the like, you have to like prompt all of your your name, your address, your account number, you know all this stuff, right? And the, the number on the charger, and like they all got these numbers on them. You can't just pay like at the thing to charge? No. That's the bullshit part about it. They make you get an account, and then an app, and then you have to like use so your for app. Every, and, so, so for every different charger you use, you got to have a different app? So if yeah. there's like eight chargers on the way? Yeah. First like, off... It's fucking bullshit. First off, it's not, it's not bullshit, but people wonder why fucking electric cars don't work. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Because one now that I know that I'm out. Well, fuck here's, that. Here's the bullshit part about it. They do have a credit card swiper on the front of them. But <laughs> they never work. <laughs> and that was where this conversation started. Was like, have you have you downloaded our app? I shouldn't have to fucking download an app. It's got a credit card swiper on the front of it. But you're like, I yes, I did. Yeah, Austin, you're about ready to spill your drink. Oh, and there it goes. <laughs> Fucking Austin, dude. So, like, he does so good for like three quarters of the show, and he's just a train wreck. And, and then at the he's end. Um, <laughs> so, I, I call this tech support guy, and and I've already given all my information on the prompts, right? Yeah. So then the tech support guy is asking for all my information again, and I'm like, I've already given you all this information. I know. I just have to confirm it. It's a process. What's your name again? What's your address? <laughs> I, my address doesn't fucking matter. I'm in Oklahoma at one of your chargers and it's not working. Sir, if you don't stop cussing, then I'm going to have to hang up this phone. I, and I told him, I'm like, fuck look. off. No, I said, look, dude, we're both adults here. If you can't hang, I didn't even cuss at you. I used the F word in conversation. I didn't even call you a fucker or anything like that. <laughs> I didn't even say fuck you. I said one of these fucking chargers. So if you can't handle a dude cussing, then you're in the wrong fucking job because literally the only people call you are stranded at a charger that's not working. Yeah, and they're pissed. Yeah. So if this is your way to get out of providing service, have at it, but I'll be calling right back. Click. No. <laughs> then he was like, he was able to remote start one of the chargers and actually get it to work for me. Oh, shit. So. <laughs> on Excuse the, me, sir. Yeah. Sir. He that, was in California. That was my first bad experience with the Francis he Energy probably... Chargers. The next one... <laughs> We were at a bank of three. None of them worked. The guy says none of them work. So thankfully, five miles down the road, there's another one. That one worked and worked well. And so we were able to move on. But anytime you call in, they always follow up with emails and everything else, right? So yesterday, I get an email from Francis Energy. Sorry that you ran into issues with our charger. Can you elaborate on the concern? It looks like we're showing that you had a problem with these three chargers saying none of them were working. Yeah, none of your shit works. And I says, yeah, none of your shit works. That was like... <laughs> 
you know, out of 11 chargers, I've only found two that work. Well, our records are showing that all three of those chargers are working up, uh, you know, working perfectly. And I'm like, then why did the person on the customer, the other end of customer service agree with me that none of them are working? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, t- so, I'm telling you, dude, technology is just making people dumber just, and lazier like, and no one wants to do anything. It's poor customer service is what it is. Yeah. It's almost like, you and know, technology. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> the technology is not, it's not there yet. Like people want it to be there and I want it to be there. And when the nuclear fusion comes out where you can have one at your house, everyone's going to have an electric car. It's going to be great. It's going to be fucking awesome. We're not there, people. Yeah. Stop. Stop buying Ford Lightnings. The yeah. only people that own one that I know are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> they keep trying to drive to Dallas in one, and then they get, be going back in a couple they weeks. get straight into fucking Oklahoma. They don't know where they're at. They're fucking having to just lose their shit. You ready for a story from the field, Dave? Oh, yes, I am. So usually we don't talk about these, but Jorge, Mr. Diaz, and I say this all the time on the show, Diaz has a special place in my heart. He was the first guy that like asked us a legit question about starting his own business, and I think he is probably the first guy that started his own business like with a little bit of our help. Yeah. So Mr. Diaz has a great spot in my heart. But so, he sent us a story from the field. He sent so. us a story from the field. Let's hear it. I haven't listened to it, so here we go. Let me have it. So I'm gonna read this fresh off. I haven't even read this whole thing yet. I've just kind of g- glanced over it. He so. said, and for the record, he sent this to us a while ago. We just haven't got to it. Yeah, yet. we just haven't got to it yet. So here it is. So he says, <clears throat> "This is from Jorge Diaz." <laughs> he says, uh, "About 15 years ago, I was running a Craigslist ad to do side work." I got a call for a job in the CBD of New Orleans. CBD, I don't, that must be a, um, how, do they, how do they divide New Orleans up? Um, parishes? There, that must be the name of a parish yeah, I'm not in sure. Louisiana. We should have asked him before. Yeah. Um, so one day, uh, or, so one day after my day job, I head over to look at this job. It was in a, uh, on a prominent street in New Orleans, but from the outside, you couldn't really look in. I met with the owner who let me in. The first floor, I'm looking around, and it's a bunch of little rooms with beaded curtains and massage tables. So I was curious, <laughs> but I kept my cool. We go to the second floor, and the owner was wanting to add some jacuzzi tubs. <laughs> I walk into a room that's literally a huge room full of pillows on the ground. He could see my curiosity, and the owner says, as you can tell, we run a quote-unquote alternative club here. <laughs> I love where this is And I'm like, that's cool. We go to the third floor to look at two water heaters that need work, and it's a full-on red room. Whips, chains, red leather, sawhorse (laughs) to bend women over, a Sabian. They had a Sabian like a live Sabian, like just sitting in the middle? Yeah. So Austin doesn't know what that is. At this point, I explained to him (laughs) that because of my normal job, this work would have to be performed at night. And he's like, ha, 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 not happening. That's my operating hours. (laughs) It gets better. So I get home and I'm telling my wife about this club and we start investigating it and Googling it. It was called the Jasmine Club. They had a MySpace page and in the top eight friends of their MySpace page. MySpace. Yeah. Keep in mind, this was 15 years ago. Uh, in the top eight uh, friends of their MySpace page was a co-worker of his new girlfriend. A girlfriend <laughs> of his co-worker. This is great. They, they were skeptical of the girlfriend because she had told them that she sells lingerie, which they thought was a little eerie. 
Um, we told him about it, and he ended up staying with her. They had three kids, which one of them wound up not being his. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Oh, that is yeah. your story from the fields, brought to you by Field Pulse. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, I don't know what how Field Pulse feels about the stories from the field. Like, it was their idea. Oh, they're cool with it. I mean, They're totally cool with it. <laughs> Diaz, yeah, walking around a wheel, a weird old. I mean, what would that I'm be gonna called? I'm going to text him and ask for the address. Hey, when in when in New Orleans, right? What are we doing? We oh, hey, the meetup, trade wins meetup, <laughs> Jorge Diaz. What's the what's the name of this problem? The Jasmine New Orleans, Club, New Orleans. <laughs> I doubt it's still there. Fifteen years. Those things can only be open for like five years at a time, probably. If, if it were still there, can you imagine how crusty <laughs> it is? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> that's messed up yeah so you mentioned trade wins on the on the quarterly or on, on the meetup so we oh uh, man trade those, wins man for trade those that wins. don't know if you're new to listening to the show dave and i started a uh a mentorship program called trade wins where we help people that have either either recently started their service-based business or they're wanting to start their service-based <clears> business <throat> and you can partner up with us and we will help mentor you through that whole process and uh get your business up and running into a very healthy level um, let's just talk about it for a second. We've got, so how long has it been a month? It's been two months. Yeah. Two, two months, f- I think two, so. two or two and a half months. Yep. And we have eight members. Yep. As of right now, everyone's loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving to get to know the guys yeah. and, you know, give them our expertise and see them grow. I mean, literally you can see from week to week, or month to month, their progression. Well, shit, we had one guy sign up that was working as a W-2 job at the gas company. And then a couple of weeks after he signs up, he walks away from his W-2 job and starts his own business. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, it's great. Like like the first call you have, you know, some of the guys look, you know, really nervous. They're not, you know, they're not sure. They're kind of lost. They're, you know, they don't know what's going on. I mean, I mean, some of the guys have a real good grasp. And then, you know, after two or three calls, they are like, they're into it. Hey, yep. how do I get to this level? I, I did that stuff. I'm getting more calls. Do I get another truck? Do I, yep. do I, do I keep rolling in this area? They are doing great. Yeah. They're yeah. doing great. They're- I, and you know, to be honest, I didn't know, like I knew we had good information to give guys and gals. And I just, you know, I didn't know exactly how it would play out and you know, how I'd feel about, you know, giving them information or if they'd take it and they'd run with it. Dude, it's been great. Yeah. Like I feel like, it's a whole another aspect of my own life where I'm like, I'm, I'm rooting for them all the time. I'm, you know, trying to see how they're doing. I'm watching, I'm friends with all of them on Facebook now and they're all posting and I see what they're doing and they're just, they're all taking off like rocket ships. Yeah. I just, I, I love it. There's, it's great. There's a lot of power in being able to ask the right people questions and having confidence in the answer. Right. Right. And so, uh, in this day and age, it's very difficult to get really good, solid advice. Because can be, yeah. You, you can ask it on a Facebook group, and when you ask it on that Facebook group, literally half the people are going to troll you with some bullshit answer. The other half of the people might be giving you a good answer, but you have no way to vet them to know if their answer is legit or not. Yeah, it's it's more confusing sometimes than it is helpful. Yeah, and so you know, a group like this is really really good to be able to bounce ideas off of and everything else, um, and and roll with it. So. Um, if anybody here would like a little bit more info on Tradewinds, um, you can find us at uh, tradewindsconsulting.com. And that Tradewinds is trade 
wins, like winning in the trades. Yeah, trade, W-I-N-S, yes. consulting.com. Yeah, or, so or it's you kind can of a just, play on words of the overseas yeah. trading trade wins. Uh, yeah, but, but uh, no D. No D. No D. Or you can just message us directly. You can message The Void. You can message Mitch. David he, didn't want the D. He d- <laughs> Mitch did. That's not good. <laughs> That's not good for Mitch. Mitch. You know what Mitch loves more than anything? Is getting people to blow up his phone at night when he's trying to go to sleep because he loves social media. He's like, please, please, someone contact me. Yeah. So you can just ask Mitch Smedley. Yeah, find, any, me on, find me on Facebook any Messenger. Question, yeah. Any questions you want, or just send it, guys, seriously, send it to the void. Heads up, my phone's on vibrate and silent all the time, so you ain't messing with my sleep. And we don't know where that phone is, but... Right here. But, yeah, not when you're sleeping. Anyways, if you have questions, we have answers. Yep. And the, and the guys that have joined are loving it. I mean, it's been better than I thought it was going to be, personally. Um, we're going to start having... Our, our first meetup, we're hoping, is the middle of August. Yep. So, when we do that meetup, and that's kind of why we're talking about this. <clears throat> um, yeah. The trade winds meetups are going to be open to the public. Yeah. And anybody so can go. We're we're putting the final details together on everything to get dates and locations and all of that kind of stuff. And when we have that, we'll definitely share it on the podcast. But any of the listeners could, to this show can attend this thing too. Um, there will be a cost to it. It's very small. Um, it's basically the whole purpose of the meetup is just to break even on the cost. It's not for David and I to make money. So, um, um, you know, if you're interested about, if you want to meet us or if you're interested about trade wins or anything else, uh, you get, you guys can come to these meetups that we have and yeah. you can get a little taste of trade wins. You can hang out with some other, uh, trades based business owners that are kicking ass in their, in their deals and, and roll from there. Yeah. So. We're, we've been having a lot of questions. I'm not going to like dive into it, but we've been having a lot of questions about price books too. And we're going to have, yep. Something on that coming up. Just a little teaser. Yeah. We're going to have a, I don't know how to say it, a price book special, a price We're, book, like a way for you to get Mitch's price book, but not Mitch's price. I don't know how to say it. No. So basically <laughs> I've taken my price book and I've made it in two different versions. And so you're going to have a, a, like a light version and then the full version. Um, but you're not getting my price book. You're getting my <laughs> price book, but all of the all of the information has been opened up for you to edit on uh, to your to your liking. So um, you can put your company logos in it. You can put your company name in it. You can put your pricing in it, um, and all of that kind of stuff. So uh, we're we're going to have those for sale we're fairly soon. It. We're working on it, so. um, and they're going to be at a price <laughs> that is insanely insanely reasonable. A lot of people will sell price books for thousands of dollars. No, it's going to be cheap, and, and ours I, will be under a thousand. It's cheap, and I don't like it. Yeah. That's what the fuck it is. It's going to be cheap and I don't like it. So. But Mitch is, he's like, I like to help the people. But you know, whatever. Yeah. So good for him, I guess. Good, good kudos, right? There'll good be a, for Mitch. When I, when I, I kick say the that. bucket, there'll be a every... good seat waiting for me somewhere. Somewhere. So, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where yet. Some. It's going to be a hot seat or a good seat. Where? We're going to find out where. Nah, it'll be a good seat. All right. Topic three. What do you want to talk about, man? Fuck your excuses.
All right, so you've newly started your company and you're trying to pinch pennies. However, you don't realize the biggest thing that's hurting you right now is not gathering all of your information into one spot and making it super efficient for you to use. So the answer is Field Pulse. It gets you off of paper tickets. It gets you off of all of that crazy office work at the end of the day and reconciling all that stuff. And it lets you organize everything with ease. It puts it all into the computer. It actually puts it all into the cloud. So it's not even putting it on your computer. And it lets you organize your customers. It lets you organize all of your service calls. Heck, it'll even route you to your service call. And the best part is, even after all of that, you'll probably realize about a 100% growth in your business just in the first year of using Field Pulse. So if you'd like to check out Field Pulse and see what great looks like, click on the link in the description of this show. So I'm not an excuse maker. I'm okay with this. Where this stems from, uh, one of the guys that I took down to Dallas with this weekend with me is my one of my plumbers, and uh, good solid dude. His name's Spencer. He's a great guy. Has um, a huge manly beard. Yeah, he's got an epic beard. He has an epic bald, beard and bald, bald head. head. Like like if you saw him like at a bar, you'd be like, man, this guy's fucked up. Yeah, don't he's fuck actually, with that guy. He's actually super nice. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so he's he's new into all of this stuff. Um, the first time you're hanging around this many really successful people, it can be a little intimidating. Like. I, on the drive down, he asked me, he's like, so what do these people talk about? Like, do they talk about how big their next yacht's going to be or how fast their next car is going to be? And I'm like, no, you're, you're really going to be surprised. Like, they spend most of their time talking about how they can build their business bigger and how they can take better care of their people and how they can employ more, more people because they take such good care of them. And, like, it's really all about like giving back. And if you give back enough and do it right, you get rewarded in return. And, and and people have this misnomer about people that are successful or people that are in politics or people that are on the student council or people that are in a position of just a little bit of power. Like they automatically think in their subconscious, I think that those people are better than me. They're doing more than me. They're, they're greater than me. They've, right. they've done, that's not true. Right. They are regular people. They are absolutely 100% regular everyday people. And they've and they've just taken a slightly different path than you. You could be way smarter than them. You could be worth way more money than them. You just don't know, but for some reason people like to put um other people on a pedestal um if they feel like they're in a position of power or in a position of worth or right. and and that's just not the case and that really holds people back yeah and makes people self-conscious and makes them not feel like they're worthy to be in the same room and that's just not the case yeah it's, it's just not the truth it's their own limiting beliefs manifesting in the form of an opinion about somebody else is really what it is yeah it is 100 and, and so um you know i can tell Spencer, all the whole drive down that these people are really genuine people and everything else. But until you see it for yourself, it's it's kind of a different story. So, I mean, his first exposure to it was at this big $14,000 tip dinner. And he got to talk with everybody and everything else. And and it, and it helps that I'm a I'm kind of, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I'm kind of yeah. popular in this group. Sure you're not. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of popular in the group, right? Uh, definitely not because I'm the most successful because I'm far from that. But... Um, and then, um, it's I, because you put yourself out there. I put myself out like, there in the Mitch group every day. Like Mitch is not, and I'm, dude, I'm not bashing you. I love you. Me yeah. and you are great friends. Mitch is not like, so like, and I am patting myself on the back here. When I walk into a room and I don't know anyone, I'm immediately sociable. Right. Like I can just get along with a lot of different people. Mitch is very analytical. 
He's very serious. He's very yep. like, and, and that doesn't lend himself to like just being the center of the party, right? Quote unquote. But when you put yourself out there on Facebook and you're a big part of the group, like you are, you're you're always promoting yourself twenty four seven all the time. It like elevates you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so because of that, uh, like at this big tip dinner. You know, people were coming up to me all night long, yeah, thanking me for putting the dinner together. I got to introduce them to myself and my wife, and uh, you know, Spencer and yeah, and you earned else. and you earned that, and you should be getting the recognition for it, right? Right. And, and so Spencer got to meet a lot of people in this room on that very first night before the event even started, um, and and you could see him. He he got quiet and he started changing a little bit, right? Yeah, it so, takes a second. So then. We're at the first day of the event, and they're selling shirts in the back of the in the back of the event. And the shirts, uh, they're black shirts, white lettering on them, and it just says F Y E. And Spencer leans over and he asks, "What does what does F Y E stand for?" And and by now, he's he's gotten to meet a lot of people in the event, right? And, yeah. And, and and there's been times where I'm telling him like that guy you just talked to that you said was super cool. Yeah, that's his Lambo out front. No fucking way. You know, yeah, and 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 so he got to realize that these guys that are really really successful, they're everyday people, right? right. They just they just chose a different path, and so um, I he asked what FYE stands for, and um, I gave him the long answer, I gave him the thorough answer, but ultimately FYE stands for fuck your excuses, and basically. What it means is all of those times where you are using is an, where you're using an excuse or you're creating an excuse not to achieve the results that you originally wanted to achieve. That's where FYE comes in, right? If you said I'm going to do a hundred thousand dollars in sales this month, and you're three days into the month and you've done three thousand dollars, well, maybe this maybe it just wasn't going to happen this month. No, fuck your excuses. Get after it. Get after it. Come around it. Right. Yeah. What so, can what can I do to improve my situation right now? Right. Um, right now. Like, real fucking talk on that subject. Last month, we were, uh, I don't know. We were eight or nine days into last month and staring at the worst month in our company's uh, history for the last fourteen months. Like last month started out looking like absolute dog shit. We finished with the best month in our company's history. The most revenue we have ever had in our company's history last month. But it didn't start out that way, right? Yeah. We stuck with it. We stayed true to... Well, you stayed You stayed true to your processes. Yep. And then something came up. And then something came up, And right? those processes and the advertising and the way, we, the way you were doing business allowed for that big job to come up. Yep. And for you to outperform, you know, opportunity met a little bit of preparation that month, and we caught a little. You know, luck is where preparation meets opportunity. That's right. So that's right. You can and, say we caught a lucky break, but we wouldn't have caught that if we weren't prepared and we didn't recognize the opportunity. You know, and that's the law of averages too. I mean, so, so you know, your averages all the way up till that month were on pace, right? Yeah. And so you ha- you that allows you to trust your process when you get to that month and after eight or nine days, you've been trusting that process and you see, Oh, we're in trouble. But what did you do? You kept trusting your process. Yep. Right. And that process paid off. Yep. Like instantly the light switch came on and like, Hey, guess what? The averages came around and we were the same as we were. Yeah. Oh wait, we weren't the same. We did a little bit better. Yeah. And that's just, that, that's part of, you know, what we're teaching here. So, so back to the fuck your excuses thing. I was telling, you know, Spencer, I'm like, 
you know, a lot of people say they want to start a diet and they go hard and heavy for two or three days. And then that's about the time where it gets hard. And about the time where it gets hard is where you let all the excuses slip into your head. And when they slip into your head, you let them. And now you're falling off the rails on your diet, right? Or say you want to quit smoking and you go two or three days in and now it starts to get hard and you have that difficult, you know, confrontation or that fight with your wife where you would typically go grab a cigarette or you go out for a drink with the guys where you would typically have that cigarette where it's hard and you fall back off the wagon and you go ahead and have that cigarette. So fuck your excuses means there is no fucking excuse. Just get it done. Well, an excuse, an excuse is just an excuse for you to be lax. Yeah. Like it's literally, you're just lying to yourself. You're like, Oh, well this, that excuse is just, it's permitting me to do something else. And that's by definition what an excuse is. Yeah. That's not, that's not who you are. That's not who you, what your processes are. That's not yeah. the goals that you've set in place. It's just all it is. An excuse is what do they say? A, a lie that you tell yourself. Yeah. So that you can satisfy yourself in that moment. Yep. Like, and, and it's just, I, I mean, you will not get anywhere if that's all you're doing is making excuses for yourself. Yeah. You're literally lying to yourself every time. Yeah. And I ended it with like, let's say you committed to getting up and walking three miles every morning at 6 a.m. Well, let's say morning four or five, you're tired and you're like, well, I've earned the day to sleep in. That's an excuse, right? If you made the commitment to get up every day and walk three miles, you need to honor that commitment, right? And ultimately, that's where self-esteem comes from. Self-esteem and self-worth comes from keeping the promises that you make to yourself, so if you make the promise to yourself for every day, for 30 days to get up and walk three miles and you slip on that promise, your self-esteem goes down. If you make that promise and you stay with it and you do it every day for 30 days, then your self-esteem goes up. Your self-esteem is literally built upon micro promises that you make and kept to yourself. It's Yeah, it's built on lies that you didn't tell yourself. Yes. Right? There you go. There like, you go. It, it's, it's just, if you lie to yourself, you take your self-esteem down. Yep. If you tell yourself you're going to do something and you do it, your self-esteem goes up. Yeah. It's it's literally, you know, it's weird. As you get older, you don't really, as you get older, you understand more about how you can affect your own self-esteem, yep. your own path, the way you think about yourself. And it's just literally, don't lie to yourself and stay true to yourself. If yeah. you stay true to yourself... You you will have more self esteem. Yep. It's 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 so simple and it sounds so stupid, but it's just so true. Yeah. And so um, uh, later that afternoon, towards the end of that first day, uh, Spencer leans over and he's and, and keep in mind, Spencer wears a three X. He's a big dude. He's a big boy. Yeah. And so he leans over to me and he says, "You know, I think I'm going to buy one of those Fye shirts, but I'm going to buy it in an XL." Good for him. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, you Good get it. Good for him. You get it. You should so, have been like, I'll pay for your fucking gym membership, bro. Yeah, that's it's all on him. Like That's, that's I mean, true. That would make it easy for it's him. It's the discipline. Yeah. It's everything else, right? So, um, Good for him. Um, I hope he gets it. Sure there. enough, next morning. Did he buy it? Yeah, next morning, nice. here he is standing there holding an FYE shirt. Was he wearing it? Like, well, God, This no. will fit no. next in three months. So uh, he said he's going to hang it on his door until it fits. Good for him. So it's fucking awesome. But but ultimately, uh, the whole FYE thing is is it rings true to everybody. All those people that I saw on stage this last weekend, they're no different than anybody else. It's just they basically said, "Fuck your excuses, fuck their own excuses." Right? Um, you know, if I'm going to go out there and sell five jobs this week, I, I mean, I'm just using this as a parameter. But 
If I say I'm going to sell five jobs this week and it comes to Thursday and I've only sold two, well, fuck it. I'm going to work as long as I need to to get five sold this week. And if that means I got to work late on Thursday night and late on Friday night and late all day Saturday and I didn't even plan on working Saturday to get the five sold, then that's what I got to do to keep that promise that I made to myself that I was going to sell five jobs this week. When I started our company, I made a promise to myself that I was going to pay off our loan that I took from myself. I was going to pay that off in three months. And I worked tirelessly until I did it. And I didn't take nights off. I didn't take weekends off. No, I don't do that now. That That was a momentary thing, right? I didn't build my company off the fact that it could only survive if I work... Every night, yourself every weekend. To death. Yeah. But but I wanted to pay off that debt as fast as possible. I knew I could do it in three months, so I did. Yeah. And and, and it worked. And and you know, it's really simple to say and you know what we're talking about here. It is very difficult to make yourself a promise and then keep it. Right? Yeah. Like people say people say things all the time and then break them. That's just kind of the norm. Yep. But what makes you different and what makes you successful is the fact that you've made that promise to yourself or set that goal for yourself and then you stick to it. Yeah. And it's very difficult to do. I'm not going to like sugarcoat, oh, it's just easy. Make yourself, you know, say you're going to do this and then stick to it. No, it takes discipline. It takes pre thought. It takes hours of work. It takes, especially as you get older in business, it takes extreme dedication for you to reach those big goals that you've set for yourself. Well, and where I see a lot of people go wrong is let's say you're like, if you're lacking self-confidence, you know it. Everybody, if you're, if you don't have a lot of confidence in yourself, you're aware of it. And you usually make a lot of promises to yourself that you don't keep. That, or you're just simply aware that you're, you're that way, right? Yeah. So start with micro promises. Oh, some small stuff. Don't start with, I'm going to get up every day at 6 a.m. for the next year and go walking. Say, I'm going to do it once a week. I'm going to get up five days this week, right? And I'm not saying give yourself an out. I'm just saying, let's be realistic. Five of the seven days this week, you're going to get up and do whatever it is you promise you're going to do. Yeah. And then when you do the five, great. Your self-esteem is now better than it was seven days prior because you made a promise to yourself and you kept that promise. Right? Yeah. The only way this doesn't work is if you're making bullshit promises to yourself. If you're making promises to yourself that's like, I'm going to sleep in for seven days straight, well, you're just fucking lazy at that point. But if you, like, don't, you, you got to set yourself up for success. You can't, you yeah. can't make promises to yourself that even you are questioning if you can do. Yeah. If you, you know what if I mean? If you think you can't do it, don't, like, you, well, let me say this differently. You have to set realistic goals and expectations. Well, like they can't be they can't be so over the top that you know you can't keep them when you make them. I'm going to challenge you on that. You oh, have, okay, let's see what you got. The promise that you make is realistic. The goal needs to be unrealistic. In other words, realistic goals and expectations have set a standard for mediocrity in the world. Oh, it's a realistic goal. I'm going to get up 2 days this week and work out. That's, well, that's, that's not realistic. That's fucking easy. That's you not, know what I mean? That's, that's not a realistic goal. That's an easy goal. Well, I guess what I'm talking about is the difference between like a promise to yourself and a goal. And this is where a lot of people go wrong. And this is where it hurts their self-esteem. They set a goal and lie to themselves thinking it's a promise. 
and two totally different things. Yeah. A promise is something is unwavering. It's something you will do, no doubts, no matter what. Well, a goal is much higher than that. Yeah. Okay. A promise is I will make the playoffs. A goal is I will win the Super Bowl. If, if the moment you promise to yourself that I will win the Super Bowl, you're you're setting yourself up for defeat because there's a lot of con- situations there that are out of your control. Yeah, I think a pro- but, I think I think a promise is higher than a goal. Like mm-hmm. a pro- like if you promise yourself you're going to win the Super Bowl and then it doesn't happen, like you broke your own promise, right? That, that's what I'm saying. And if your goal is to win the Super Bowl, that's more realistic. No. No? Not, I mean, only one in 32 teams can win the Super Bowl. I know, but that's your goal. Every team has the goal of winning the Super Bowl. But if the you goal. promise yourself you're going to win the Super Bowl, anything less than that is a complete failure. Well, and that's what, I guess that's what I'm saying. Is that, and that's where most people go wrong. If they make the promise to themselves that they're going to get up seven days a week this morning and go walking or go running or whatever, that's kind of a hard thing to fill. That's what I'm saying. Right? If you've never done it before, that's kind of hard. So the goal is seven. The promise is five. Okay? So now... Okay. That, that way, when you hit your that five... That makes more sense. Yeah. When you hit your five, you've kept your promise to yourself. I was a little short of goal. I'm going to try harder next week. Next week, I'm going to try to get all seven. But next week, the promise is still five. The goal is seven. Yeah. Right? So You know what? You're probably right in that because like when I set a goal, it's basically a promise to myself that I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, so, and, and, and you're right because I usually overextend myself thinking, oh, I'm going to get here. Yeah. You know so what like, I mean? And like sometimes it's, my, it's unobtainable. When I'm running my monthly budgets for the plumbing company, like I have a very exacting formula to anticipate how much revenue we should bring in. And uh, so that's the promise. The goal is obviously more than that. The promise is based off of all of the known parameters and everything else. Yeah. And we don't always hit it. Uh, most of the time we do. But the promise is there. The goal is way above that. Um, you know, now the gym is automatic for me. Like, I don't go a day without missing my workout. It simply does not happen. I, I make it every time without fail. Me too. Yeah, your workout's drinking a beer. A good quote I came across it says you do not rise to the level of your goals you fall to the level of your systems from atomic habits yep and that's just like you know if your goal is to make it to the gym but you don't have in your systems to be like okay i gotta start the gym membership i gotta find a ride there i gotta do this so you don't set yourself up with everything you need for your goals it's like you know or you may reach your goal but if you don't have like prominent and like coherent systems and like strong enough systems it's like You'll reach your goal maybe one week, but then fall the next week. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And, and so, think. like, how we're, how that comes from, is, or how that comes about, is everyone can have goals. I can have goals to be a millionaire one day, but if my habits don't support that goal, I'm never going to be there, right? So, um, the habits are what you're trying to create. Habits are built off of micro promises to yourself. I used to have to like struggle to get to the gym every day. I used to have to like, oh, I don't even want to go. I'm going and I don't want to go. Now, and, and this ebbs and flows, but now it's one of those things where it's like, what am I cutting out? Like, let's say that over this weekend, my alarm didn't go off in time. And my, my, I've got two different alarms. Monday through Friday is one time. Saturday, Sunday is a different time. I lost track of the days of the week this weekend. And 
Saturday rolls around and I'm expecting my alarm to go off at 4.45 in the morning because to me it's a work day because we're at this conference and my alarm didn't go off till 7. This conference starts at 9. Oh, shit. And I'm like, fucking A. Like, mm. I still found a way. I didn't shower that morning, but I still <laughs> I still went and got my workout in because I, I'm, I, I got my workout. I didn't shower and I didn't eat breakfast. But like, I'm unwavering. I will work out every day. I, and uh, so, I will shower every day. That's <laughs> my fucking promise to myself. Well, a, a story like that, I uh, I spent some time oh, with shit, this guy who is like really driven business guy, like kind of like on all the time. And I was right with him home from church. Like we were both in our dress clothes and he said he needed to stop because he had like a business to take care of. He like installed satellites. So he gets up on this roof and he's like in dress slacks and dress shirts. And he's like, I got to install this satellite, you know? And he just did it. Yeah. So there wasn't this excuse. I was like, well, I got to, you know, I'm going to have to shower. And like, what if I cut my dress pants? And like, no, it's just like. He's like, no, I have to do it. Yeah. Like, this is my goal. I've, this mm. is what I've committed to. Yeah. Good so for I watched him. him. I'm just like, you know, just. that's my. That's Austin's my all first. nice, but he's really thinking, man, this motherfucker is crazy. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, he kind of had like a reputation. Like he's always, like he was like probably the most like work ethic guy I've ever seen in my life. It's just. That was my first experience with someone like that. Yeah. And he's like, hey, you got to stop real quick. He runs off. And the next thing I see, he's on top of this guy's roof, like installing satellite in his dress to look close. Dude, <laughs> when you get around a highly disciplined individual, it can be a little intimidating at mm. first. But once you, once you start prying into it a little bit mm. and you start looking at their level, like very rarely are highly disciplined individuals unsuccessful. And so... I can guarantee you all the guys at this big event, all the guys driving their Lambos and, and Rolls Royces out front, they're never missing their workout. Mm -hmm. They're never missing their meal plan. Most of these guys don't even drink alcohol. Like they're constantly in the pursuit of how do I improve my life? How do I improve my life? And not to say these guys had a drinking problem or anything before, but like when everything is going perfect, but you're in the constant pursuit of how can I improve it even more? Mm -hmm. Now they're cutting out alcohol and and to be a social drinker that maybe only drinks two or three drinks a week, like that's how vicious their pursuit of improvement is. They don't have a drinking problem. Drinking is not hurting them in one bit, but they're looking to say, how can I improve it even more? Yeah. Let's shave this out. Yeah. And you people know? and people do that. They will shave stuff out. They'll bring stuff in. Yeah. They'll shave stuff out. They'll bring stuff in. Yep. I'm cutting my workout to three days a week. Nope. That was too much. Now I'm at four. Yep. And because I need the rest for the other three days because I'm over 50. Or, you know, just, just people, highly successful people do that all the time. I'm going to use myself as an example here. Like, so before I was on my own, like I would hate, I hate getting up early. Mitch knows this about me. I hate mm. it. I was up early for work every day and I didn't miss work. You know, I would be driving down to Warrensburg. It, it, it didn't matter. Even though I wasn't, even though I didn't have my own business at the time, I mean, I was part of one, but it wasn't my, it wasn't 100% on my shoulders. I still was up every day. Right. You know, every day. Highly disciplined people, even when they're not on their own or extremely successful, still stick to what they have to do on a daily basis. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Guys that work for the railroad that don't want to own their own company but are up at four every day and they've been there 25 years, yeah. those are highly disciplined people because they have done it 
for a long period of time and been able to keep that edge yep. for that period of time. Yeah. They just haven't, they just don't have the desire to like reach the super heights. Yep. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean they're not highly disciplined people. But guess what? They are successful people. Yeah. Just yeah. they are successful in their little world. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. And that and that works perfectly for them. So success is a relative term. There's not a monetary figure attached to success. There's not a certain benchmark right. to success. Hundred percent. Success is the dedication from one person to constantly improve themselves. That's ultimately the definition of success. So Yeah. Um, and discipline discipline is the number one rule to success. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to see that without discipline. Right. right. No matter what it is, you will not see success without discipline. Yeah. We're so, like on an hour 20. Yeah, so, no, we better wrap it up. So I mean, I don't want to tell you that you can't talk anymore. Yeah. I know you love it. So by now, if you've forgotten, <laughs> open up your Spotify app or your iTunes app and uh, leave us a review, damn it. So damn um, it. you can do it right now. <laughs> like literally before the end of the show, you can leave us a review and to... Finish the show how we started the show. I'm going to borrow that same line from Andy Frisella again and say, don't be a hoe, share the show. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to insult all of you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week, guys. We'll see you later. See you.